Welcome to the Radically Christian Crosstalk Podcast, Season 2, Episode 26. I'm your host, Wes McAdams. Today's episode is our 50th episode and the final one of our second season. We decided to do things a little bit differently this week, and we recorded this episode while doing a Facebook Live broadcast with my co-hosts Sam Dominguez, James Sumners, and Cameron McElgay reading the Facebook questions and comments that we received during the broadcast. The Crosstalk Podcast is not a sermon, a Bible class, or even a formal Bible study. It is simply a spiritual conversation among friends that we hope will inspire you to have similar conversations with people in your life. And that's what this episode is all about. It is very much like a discussion. I mean, you know, we throw stuff out there and I don't even know what I'm going to say. You know, most of the time I'm just we're just thinking out loud the way that you really would in um, in a in a normal conversation. We want it to feel very natural. We don't want to feel we don't want it to feel scripted at all. And, you know, it's it's and part of the reason I think that we don't necessarily disagree on many things is just because as we're having these conversations, we're building each other up. We're we're coming to sometimes we might have disagreed a little bit before we had our conversation. But in the process of the conversation, we had typically come to um, an agreement on and maybe not always, but usually come to some form of an agreement on on uh, what we think about about uh, the topic that we're having, partly because we're open and it's because we're friends and we're brothers and we're not really concerned with like if, if I say something, because there are times when I'll say stuff that I I really don't really believe. I'll say it, and it's not because I'm say, not saying it because I want to get a response or anything. It's just because off the cuff, I'm saying something that really, as I process it, doesn't make sense. Because I usually talk before I usually talk before I've completed a full uh, thought. But in the process of our discussions, um, we come to an understanding of of what we're saying and what we mean and and uh, the truth behind everything that we're discussing. And so. I think that's why every time we have these conversations, we end up not really disagreeing, even if we had a different opinion at the beginning. Well, you know, people can go back and listen, and we've had different conversations where one of us will say something, and then, you know, someone else provides the opposite side of the coin or or gives the further explanation that uh, the the speaker was assuming, you know, but there has to be, there has to be the freedom to be able to think out loud a little bit. Uh, to, to be able to have these conversations. I mean, what would happen if, if I was so terrified, oh, if, if I say something wrong, then, you know, Wes is going to think less of me or he's going to call me to the carpet or James is going to mock me or, what, you know, whatever it's going to end up being. But we don't have that. We have the freedom to think out loud, to, to approach topics that we haven't thought all the way through with the purpose of coming to the truth or purpose of coming to an edifying uh, a piece of enlightenment. And I know for a fact that my understanding of the things that we've talked about is greater because I've talked about it with the two of you and the three of you. I mean, Cameron doesn't always speak up, but we get feedback from him as well. You know, uh, that my, I'm, I'm better for these kind of conversations. And, and that's why it's so important that I guess that was really what my feeling of why something like this would be a beneficial thing to put out there is because most people are terrified to have spiritual conversations, mm-hmm. not and we don't mean you know evangelistic conversations. We don't mean going out and talking to an unbeliever or something, but simply coming together as believers to discuss spiritual topics. A lot of people are terrified of that because they don't know and trust that if they say something foolish or if they say something that's wrong or or what they would consider to be stupid, that that they will be uh, edified and lifted up through that. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess that was really why 
the podcast sprang out of the fact that we were already doing these things. We mm-hmm. already knew that we had that kind of trust. We already knew that if we did say something like that, it wouldn't be some kind of black mark on our friendship because we did it. But it was also very terrifying when we got started. I don't know. I mean, maybe not for Wes because he he's in public all the time. But uh, getting involved in this was kind of terrifying because of to a certain degree that was because it's not so much that I was terrified of what y'all would think. I was terrified about people hearing me speak <laughs> that that I don't know. Um, but uh, but it was it, fine until he brought a camera into the room. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, somebody asked a question, and and it's really interesting. Um, I, I want to stay on topic as much as possible, but somebody asked a question in the in the chat. Said, um, "I'm a new minister. I'm still learning to better develop meaningful and applicable sermon sermons and present them in a way that encourages further study." Can you detail how you structure or plan out a sermon series? Um, I, 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 Derek, I, I appreciate that question. That's a great question, and I I would love to to talk about that more, but. For the sake of this conversation, I will say that so much of what I preach and teach and, you know, even sermon series ideas comes out of these conversations, not not necessarily even something like, well, I've got to write that down right now, you know, because you just gave me an idea for a sermon and which it could be that. But but a lot of times it's just things that we talk about over and over and over and over again. It gets into my mind. It may be something that I've said, but more likely it's something that that y'all have said. And so that's something that whether it's a doing a spiritual conversations as a podcast is not what we're we're, we're promoting. I mean, that's fine if people want to start a podcast, but what we're promoting is people having spiritual conversations. And I think for preachers, I know for me personally, this is so beneficial to my preaching and teaching because I can bounce an idea off of y'all and then you can say, well, I don't know about that. You might want to think about this. And, you know, we can, uh, you know, iron sharpens iron. And so it helps me to be a better teacher and preacher um, by by having these conversations and the ideas that you give me and the things that we discuss and um, and those kind of ideas. Well, you know, and we, we tend to get caught up into themes, if you will, uh, of conversation, mm-hmm. you know, and that that builds upon itself. As as an education deacon, uh, you know, we're always trying to come up with, okay, what are the adult classes going to be uh, studying in the upcoming quarters and different things like that. And you know, in the past, we've done things just like buying curriculums and whatnot. But more recently, we've been setting about charting our own course and writing our own outlines and and preparing with teachers to do these kind of things. And so much of that has also come out of these types of spiritual conversations that we're having, but also the conversations that the uh, other education deacons and I have. You know, we'll sit down and have coffee and we'll, we'll just uh, talk about the spiritual things that we've been thinking about, things, uh, other influences we've had, other conversations that we've had, and we tie all these kind of things together. And, uh, you know, it has worked together in such a positive way for this congregation because mm-hmm. not only have these kind of conversations had an influence on the sermon series that you put together and I, you know I, I really do enjoy the fact that you do you know clusters of sermons that operate as a series or as a theme because it helps us to really pick up on those important points but then the the bible class lessons that we've been doing have tied then into those lessons as well and then the next follow-on ties in, and, and it all just starts working together for good. And we we have really, I think, had just a massive leap forward in the quality of Bible study that has been taking place at this congregation. And 
it has really sprung from the fact that so many of us have started having consistent spiritual conversations where we're, we're just talking about the Lord, we're talking about His influence in our life, we're talking about the things that we've been studying individually and collectively, and it has allowed our study to build on itself, to be an edifying structure so that over the past year or more, you know, we have really gone in a particular direction to come closer to God and to to better understand his word and to be better examples of his people. Mm-hmm. And you know and 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 I hope that another byproduct of this is that some people I know are in places where they don't have this kind of of spiritual edification. They don't have these kind of people to have conversations with. Um, I, I know that that I've lived parts of my life in various parts of the country that you just don't have. You know the car the congregations there or the churches there are um, are struggling, and you know and you you're they're thankful just to have people, much less real deep spiritually minded people and so there are people in parts of the country that are starving for these kind of conversations and i hope that it can provide a way to vicariously be a part of those conversations and we we really want them to be able to have those conversations with people in their life but if they can't um then hopefully it's edifying just to kind of be a fly on the wall uh in the midst of our conversations so do you think having conversations like this amongst the brethren can be a bridge to help encourage us to have these type of conversations with non-believers. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, it makes it, it's, it become, when it becomes a part of your, your everyday walk with your brothers, it'll expand. I mean, it's, it's a natural, it's a natural byproduct. I think, uh, I, I know that that's, that's happened with me. I, I spend, uh, I walk every day with, uh, guys that I work with and, and when, when it when it comes up and when the time is is right um it's easier for me to, to talk about um not not that that talking about my faith has ever really been a, a problem but it's just a matter of i have more spiritual things on my mind so i've been talking with wes and sam and with my wife and with my brother uh, and uh, just so many different people that the the follow-up of that the uh, overflow of that is to talk to the people that uh, that you love in the world well and you know it, it helps to keep your mind tied to these things you know and, and instead of tying up so much of your thought process with worldly concerns the, the more spiritual conversations you have the more spiritually minded you tend to be and uh, you know in, in my very limited experience a, a lot of times uh, unbelievers don't trust the Christian who anytime he wants to talk to them he wants it to be a structured evangelistic outreach type of a situation but you if you build those relationships with people if they understand that my desire to bring you to God is because I desire to save you because I love you and and I care about the fact that you're in a lost condition that they respond better to that but they also respond better when speaking about spiritual things is just a natural part of who mm-hmm. who you are. Right. You know, they understand that Sam thinks about things spiritually. He he is going to talk about spiritual matters and it's not always an evangelistic outreach to me, but it's a part of who he is and it helps them to better understand me as a person and understand my perspective. And it can really open those doors just in the sense that uh, I work at the same place that James does, but I often uh, I work in a different department with a different set of guys, and I'll often just talk about spiritual things with them, 
and but I ever have never sat down with the effort to have a spiritual study with any one of them. But then, what was it? A couple of years ago, when that Bible mini series came on, a few of them watched that, and they came to work the next day, and they said, "Okay, so when it said, you know, forty years of pastor, what what happened? Mm-hmm. You know, what what did they skip over?" And they came to me because they knew I was a spiritually minded person. They knew that understanding God's word, accuracy about God's word was important to me. And so it opened up an avenue for me to be able to have a more deliberate and direct spiritual discussion with them. And and so it's just it's an effort of showing your fruit to people. You know, a lot of times when you first try and open the door of evangelism, they look at you funny because they're like, oh, I I didn't know that was actually important to you. They may not even known that you were a Christian, you know, that that has been me in the past. And now there's no doubt because I'm talking about spiritual matters and they hear me talking about spiritual things. They'll see James and I at work, you know, having lunch or going and getting coffee and talking about spiritual things. And it, it really helps to to show your fruit to people and they understand better who you are. You know, it, and it's interesting how different people approach evangelism. And for so many, it is, um, for lack of a better term, a sales pitch, you know, it, and it's, it's, you know, memorizing when my wow, when my wife was a teenager, they would go on mission trips and they would go door knocking, and and it's not to knock what they did because I mean there there are no bad efforts to teach people the Bible. I mean, so it's not to knock that, but when you you equip a teenager with a handful of verses that they've memorized out of context, you know, not to say that they're misusing them, but to say they don't know the context, they don't understand the context. So, you know, memorize Acts 2.38 and Acts 22.16 and 1 Peter 3.21, and they memorize this handful of passages and then send them to a stranger's door that could be an atheist, that could be, you know, whatever, you know, and, and then try to convert them is not a natural way to tell people the good news about Jesus. Um, and and it, it is so much better when you're used to having conversations about spiritual things, like you said, when it's out of the overflow of, of who we are. And so we sit down and we talk about it the same way we talk about anything. So if you ask me, you know, tell me about when you got married or tell me about what it's like to be a parent. Well, I'm not like, oh, let me find that piece of paper that details the list of, you know, what it's like to be a parent. I'm, I'm just going to talk to you about it, you know. And if somebody is trying to make a decision, should I buy a house? What was it like when you bought your house? Well, let me tell you about what it was like. And that kind of sharing the gospel with e- each other, and that's not to say it should be so unstructured that we don't use Scripture or anything like that, but but having conversations uh, should be how we how we conduct ourselves. You know, we, we ought to have relationships with people. In fact, I'm writing a new curriculum with some people right now on to use for personal evangelism. And and Luke Bauer, the uh, youth minister here, suggested instead of calling them Lesson 1, Lesson 2, Lesson 3, Lesson 4, that we call them Conversation 1 and Conversation 2. And I really liked that because it's like, okay, have a conversation about this. Yes, it is a lesson, and yes, you're trying to teach them something, but it's have a discussion, and that discussion might go into two or three or four sessions, you know. But but have a conversation about that that topic and and help them to understand that truth. You know, one one thing that really has has become clear in my mind as we have uh, you know, promoted the idea of having spiritual conversations is once again going back to being a, an education deacon when we try and figure out, okay, what are we going to do for children's education uh, at the congregation? It becomes a very difficult conversation to have because there's so little biblical precedent for any of it. 
You know, we're not told how to conduct Bible classes. We're not told to conduct Bible classes. You know, there's all, all of these things that we're trying to figure out, okay, what is, what is the God-glorifying way to do this? And what it always draws my attention back is to what, what was God's plan? What did he cede to us to say, this is how you better understand me? And, you know, I go back into Deuteronomy. I go back to what he was instructing his people to do when he said, have these things on your mind, on your heart. Talk about them as you go along the way, as you sit down. And it, it really makes me understand better that God wanted us to be talking about his word, mm-hmm. to be talking about his will with each other. Not, I mean, and he's, he's talking directly to his people at that time. He's not saying, go talk about it with the foreigners and try and convert them. He says, talk about it with each other. That's how you better understand these mm-hmm. things. Uh, you know, my, in my personal life, I have always struggled with memorization and, and having the discipline to do these types of things. I've struggled with having the discipline to read as frequently as I should in, in God's Word in larger sections. But as we have had spiritual conversations, as we have as I have become a more spiritual person because of these conversations that we're having, I have found these other things have started to fall in line. I have a better time memorizing. I have a much easier time to the point where now where I I thrive on it. I love reading large, extensive passages of God's Word because I have become a more spiritual person through these these, uh, edifying uh, conversations that we have. And of course, why wouldn't that be the case? That's Mm -hmm. what God wanted us to do from the beginning. Mm Mm-hmm. And we even talk about discipleship, um, and and I think that this is the way, this is the way that that ought to happen. You know, it, it ought to. And Bible classes are good, and you know, and structured formal things are good. But um, but we we've got to, and 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 I think that somebody said to, to me one time that you've got to have, you know, you need to have a Barnabas in your life. That somebody that that encourages you. You need to have a um, a, a Paul in your life, somebody that teaches you, a mentor, um, and you need to have a Timothy in your life, somebody that you're mentoring and that you're taking under your wing. And so for me, this part of of the life is easy. You know, I love to have conversations with people that I see as my spiritual uh, peers and, and to have conversations with my peers that, that encourage me and edify me and teach me. Um, but, but it's harder sometimes to find a mentor to say, listen, I want to sit at your feet. You know, I want to learn from you or to find somebody that, um, that, that, and it doesn't necessarily have to be that formal, but um, but to find somebody to mentor and to take a young man under our wing and to say, listen, I want to I want to have these kind of conversations with you, understanding that that you're trying to pour into their life, you know, and and so these kind of conversations are important not just to have with peers for our own edification, but also to have with with people that need this type of instruction, and because man alive, I mean, somebody if if. If a Christian man took a, a younger man, or even somebody older, doesn't matter age-wise, but somebody that's less mature and less knowledgeable under their wing, um, this kind of just talking about stuff, you know, just talking about life and Jesus and the church and all of these things uh, could be life-changing, absolutely life-changing for people. It has been life-changing for me, I'll, I'll tell you that. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I like that analogy about having these people in your life. Uh, and the first thing that popped into my head was sometimes it's the same person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I love uh, you know what Paul said in his letters about how we can mutually build up each other's faith. You mm-hmm. know, I can build up yours, and but then you young Christians build up me. Right, right. You know, the, the idea of building up a person like Paul. And it's like, well, 
I'm, I'm such a less mature Christian than you. How could I possibly build you up? And living a life of obedience builds mm-hmm. up uh, uh, all Christians and by having that time together. But, you know, as, as we have had these conversations and, and, you know, we've done other things like we, we had our spring retreat where we talked about spiritual friendship and really trying to emphasize how, how age doesn't make any difference mm-hmm. in Christ. It's all about attempting to build each other up and be edifying together. Well, I've formed so many new relationships with older Christians who for years have, have gone without having these type of mutually edifying uh, relationships for, for whatever reason. It, it just it seems like we went through a phase where that just wasn't something that was very important, and it certainly wasn't something that was people were taught to strive for uh, in the church. And we've been doing that so much now and I have formed these conversations or these relationships with people, and what that has led to is me having these conversations with them as well. You know, I'm having these kind of spiritual conversations with Christians who are much older than me, but maybe not have been in the church as long as I have, mm-hmm. or people who have been in the church far longer than I have, but they haven't matured because they weren't uh, doing in-depth study. They weren't doing uh, some of these other things that were so important in my family. And so now I get to be the benefit to them, mm-hmm. but they get to build me up and they get to edify me, you know, and I, I get to have you as a mentor and you get to help make me a better Christian, but then we all get to mentor each other. You know, there, there are a lot of times where I'll just be stymied on something and I'll say, Wes, what do you think about this? James, what do you think about this? And I get to sit at, at the feet of my brethren and we, we can all grow so much better if we form these relationships and we have these kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. I know that I am I am far closer to God now than I was even a few years ago because of this emphasis on talking about spiritual things on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Cameron, did Cameron, you have some? Yeah, like we a have question. a – somebody has a comment that I think you guys can speak to. She's, Patty says she enjoys having spiritual conversations, but she gets discouraged by family members who lecture her and scold her for forcing her views on others. Hmm. I think that I think there's something to be said for um, for receptivity. You know, I think that there's something to be said for um, not casting our pearl between before the swine. I think that that there's something to be said for um, waiting until and 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 doing our very best to till the soil, as it were, um, to help people to be receptive. And until they are, I think that. Um, that it 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 becomes futile. In fact, sometimes we end up, um, you know, we end up being kind of counterproductive. I mean, it's always good to uh, to to talk to people about spiritual things, but um, sometimes um, if they're not if they're not receptive to it, uh, then it it might not be the time. And um, and 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 waiting until people. Sometimes you have to wait until people ask a question. And so sometimes I say to people, you know, being salt means that we try to make people thirsty, you know, and um, and 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 we 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 you know um, wet their appetite for for the for spiritual things. But if they're not asking any questions and they don't care and they don't want to know, then sometimes there's not really a lot of choice but to um, just to encourage them and to help them and to to try to um, move them in that direction. And and someday they may be ready to to ask spiritual questions and be receptive. I don't know. You know, not not every not every spiritual conversation is edifying. You know, a lot of times you you can find people who love to argue, mm-hmm. or they love to to just have 
strongly uh, impassioned conversations with people about stuff. That's not the same thing as having an edifying spiritual conversation. Um, you know, it's, it's it's true that we should be talking about spiritual things with all people. Um, but I I would really encourage, and, and of course, you know, like you said, there's there's going to be some people who simply can't find this in their lives uh, at the moment. But I would encourage people to try and find those people with whom they will have edifying conversations. Uh, find, find people who you're on the same ground, and what I mean by that is not that you think about things the same way or that you always come to the same conclusion. I, I mean, if anybody knows us, us better, that they know James and I never think about things the same way. We are very, very different types of people. But the beauty of that is that, you know, to be honest, I have to learn to bear with him and he has to learn to bear with me, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, the majority of that is James. <laughs> the majority of that is James bearing with me and bearing with the fact that I tease him about so much different stuff. But, you know, we, we have to find people with whom we, we can have conversations that are edifying because we're on the same ground of we're both seeking the truth, you know. In these conversations, I don't care who's who's right. What I care is that we have come to the truth and that I know the truth now because we've talked about it, and that's that's the common ground that we were seeking. Uh, it, it, a lot of times our pride can get in the way of these kind of things. But for me, you know, it, it took a lot to be able to sit back and say, no, I, I love and appreciate the fact that I have brothers who can hold me accountable, brothers who can look at me and say, Sam, you're wrong. You need to change your ways. You need to change what you're thinking. Uh, having that edification, having that that those brothers in our lives who can fulfill that role is hugely important. Mm-hmm. And so it's not it's not that we just try and find people who want to have a good talk. You know, it's not necessarily that we need to go. You know, find, found the donut group at six o'clock in the morning or something like that, where we just, well, we just love to sit and, and spin yarns or something like that. But we have to find those Pauls and the Barnabas and the Timothy and the Titus. We have to find these people who can help us in our lives because when they have a spiritual conversation, what they're striving for is the truth. Mm-hmm. And there, there's some conversations, I think, and Pat, Patty made another good comment here, But um, and I, I don't know exactly what her situation is, but um, you know, there are times, I think, when, when something is not appropriate for a conversation and it's more appropriate for a Bible study. And so sometimes people will ask us about something or attack us on something. Um, you know, I, I, I was in Subway one time and I was, there was a lady, you know, asking for money or something like that. And so I was buying her and her kid some food. And, um, and so I was talking to her while I was in line at Subway and, and I, she asked me where I preached or where I, w- I went to church or something like that, or I asked her. Anyway, we started talking about church. And so I told her, well, I preach for such and such Church of Christ. And she said, Church of Christ? I think I've heard of that. And then like the Subway uh, sandwich artist, whatever they call, um, she said, Church of Christ, aren't you the people that don't believe in instruments and or don't believe in music, however she put it? And, and then so the whole line start, starts saying, what? What is that all about? You know, so they turn around and start, you know, basically attacking me about this thing that, you know, and so it's like, okay, this isn't an appropriate time to try to help them to understand what I believe to be the truth on on how we praise God. But um, but it is the type of a thing where we can say, listen, if you really want to know, I would love to visit with you and I'd love to study with you about that. And so let's set up a time where we can sit down and we can we can formally go through this. So I think that some conversations 
are more fit for a formal Bible study, and others are more a conversation. And so sometimes we have to, if and and I think because Patty is saying that that this person kind of tends to attack her about this uh, this issue. I think sometimes we have to say, you know, if you really want to talk about this, then we're going to have to st- sit down and study about it and see what God's word says about it. Otherwise. I'm just not going to have, I'm not going to keep having these, you know, five minute, you attack me and me try to bring some kind of a rebuttal to it. Um, and, and I think that, that sometimes that's the only way to handle those situations. You know, and the whole point of all this is, is to glorify God. That's right. To grow in faith. Um, and I mean, not not necessarily what we're talking about is really evangelism, you know, um, but it's it's just the natural outpouring of our, our spiritual selves to people who who desire the same thing but but when you come into those moments the thing that so many i mean i struggle with it many times the um and not so much pride but like as if what i am saying is important as if it's not about really what god says um and 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 when i I can't allow myself to 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 value my rightness, I think you kind of pointed to that earlier about me being right, that terror of not being right. I can't be, that can't be more important than my love for my neighbor and for my God. Um, that, that the conversations that we have aren't about me instructing Wes or Sam or them instructing me, but it's about a mutual edification, about the building up of each other and the church, uh, so that we can all glorify God together. And, and, and if there's conversations that, and there's going to be times and stuff like that doesn't happen, if it's within the body, we need to work to rectify that. That we, that we, uh, um, as uh, loving brothers and sisters in Christ, work together with each other to. And if I offend Sam, then, then if I know that I've offended Sam, I need to go to him. And if he's if he's offended by me, he needs to come to me. You know, we we need to continue to have that. Um, building up and not let anything get in the way because um, we can have these conversations and, and then if we start to allow pride to get in the way then we can destroy ourselves and our relationships and our love for God and our, our spiritual uh, life by not restoring our relationships with each other and we will hinder our relationship with God if we do not do those things and so I think I mean, my point in all this is just basically to say the whole point of all of this, the discussion and everything, is the mutual upbuilding of of each other to glorify God uh, and His church. Well, James, let me ask you a question that I've I have wondered about, and just for whatever reason, I've never asked you. <laughs> so let me ask you right <laughs> now while we're recording. So while we're live, <laughs> let me ask you this question. Uh, you know, I mean, and I'm sure anybody who has listened to the podcast can realize that Wes and I don't have any trouble sharing our thoughts on stuff. Uh, but as long as I've known you, you've always been a much more reserved person. You're just as thoughtful as either one of us, but you're a more reserved person. What has prompted? And see, I can tell you don't really agree with that. But, but you know, I I have that personality that can steamroll people, and I can start talking and not not stop. What has prompted you? to to want to do more than that to want to be a part of this i mean you know we wanted you to be a part of this because you're always a part of our conversations what made you reach and I, I, I think there are people who who like you are more reserved and they don't feel comfortable initiating or holding these kind of conversations especially with jerks like me who don't want to shut up <laughs> so what made you what made you want to push through that well i mean 
to be honest, I've always loved uh, conversations about about faith. I've always enjoyed talking about my faith. I've never been anywhere that I didn't have someone that I would spend time talking with. I mean, I've never, I don't, I can't think of a single place, whether I, when I was a kid, I would be talking to the preachers um, um, where I grew up or uh, older people. I mean, I sought people and, and granted, I, I'm generally quiet because, I mean, part of it may just be because of my nature to like just start talking and then like five minutes later I realize what I've said and then I'm like oh oh my what have I done because um, <laughs> I do that I mean I say things out loud in front of my children that I'm like okay well I have now three months to retrain them in what I just said but but I think I mean I don't I don't know that I can really tell you what made me I mean two guys that I respect and love who I know aren't going to, you know, throw me over the um, the rails, or I can't even think of the correct uh, over the, the rails under over the, the bus somewhere. under the bus somewhere. Um, I, I know that that uh, I knew that this would be an upbuilding time, and I and I love to have conversations about God. I want to grow in my faith, and uh, y'all have challenged me in so many ways and in so many things. And uh, I mean, I. I wouldn't give up this time for for most things. <laughs> Some things I might give this time up for, but but uh, you know we we've grown. Besides this, you know we we we're also having our our uh, Thursday uh, Thursday Bible studies, and we have we get together with a group on on Tuesdays for for breakfast. And I mean, all of these times together, it's just I've always craved the growth of the church as a unit. That you know, we need to be in each other's lives. So many times we just we just come and we go and we're not involved and we're not mm. talking and we don't know each other. We don't know each other's hearts. We don't know each other's pains. And just being here with two guys, three guys. Sorry, Cameron. <laughs> Cameron is here. He is here. Uh, talking with you guys is always a building. And even before we did this, you know, we would do that. So. That's, I mean, I don't know if that really answers the question, but thank you. And we have, Secular. and we have, I, I mean, and I think that this is important for people to know too. I mean, we, we spend all week together, you know, and, and I'm the only one, I mean, and I think sometimes people listen to the podcast and they think, they think, well, yeah, it'd be nice, you know, if I was a preacher like those guys and I could, you know, have that type of life where I studied the Bible more often and I had spiritual conversations, but I'm, of the four of us, I'm the one that is is a paid evangelist or supported evangelist. I mean, the rest of you guys have have real jobs. You know, you're you're out there in the. No, you know, we, we have fake jobs. Fake jobs. Have I fake have. Jobs. Yeah. Uh, no. Um. But but we. I mean, we spend all week together. Literally. I mean, we have a Twitter private message going all the time, where the four of us are always talking. Sometimes it's just sharing a, GIF GIF. GIF, GIF, okay. Um, there you go. Disagreement. Yeah, sharing <laughs> sharing a GIF uh, with each other, or you know, and just joking around. And other times, it's it's very real stuff. And sometimes I'll send a private message and say, you know, hey, man, I'm I'm struggling with this sermon this week, and and so we have these conversations all week long. And and the awesome thing about it is technology is making it so that. Um, we can even if I don't see you guys, you know, for a day or two, and usually it's not more than a day or two. But uh, but we can still, 
you know, do that. And our wives have these texting uh, conversations all awesome. week. Yeah, they have this Bible study going all week. And and so I, I, I sincerely hope that people realize that this isn't a preacher thing. You know, it is it is a Christian thing. It is the church thing. You know, the being together day by day in each other's homes, that's not just a first century thing. That's supposed to be, that's how the church is supposed to work. We're, yes, in each other's homes, but on each other's text messages and Twitter messages and, you know, and spending time with each other and breakfast at Denny's and, you know, all the things that we do, but because we love the Lord's church and we love the Lord and we love to build each other up. And it's not just the four of us. There's other people that are parts of our Thursday Bible study or our Tuesday breakfast or whatever. Um, but I, I just can't tell you um, how how thankful I am to be a part of relationships like that and how much I desire other people to have what we have. And, and all they have to do is have the courage to start it and to just say, you know what? I'm going to start texting my brother, you know, and and or my my sister or whoever it is, you know, and just start it's just start texting or or say let's get together once a week for breakfast or whatever it is and just have these kind of conversations and and reap the benefits because there are many. A big thanks to my co-host and to Cameron McElgay, who helps make this show possible. If you enjoyed the Crosstalk podcast, please consider sharing it with others and leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. As always, we want you to know that we love you, God loves you, and we hope that you have a wonderful day.